0: Okay, well, those of you who turned in for our beta tester, I apologize, the editing and everything else, you know how it is, first time, you know, hey, that's why the first hit's for free. But here we're going to go ahead and see if we can beat the sophomore slump. Welcome once again to First Hit for Free, this is your host, The Brain Pimp. Well, After playing this for my sample audience, they made me understand something very clear, which was, while they appreciate some old-time radio, what am I selling? Well, what I'm selling is a little something different on the conversational blast. For example, right about now, and you know what's going on around the world, and we don't need to get into all that, the uh, crypto world, Bitcoin, all of that, people trying to make money out of imagination that seems to be taking on a little life of its own see as uh, more people are having to get things shipped the reality that while bitcoin can't replace money it certainly does work as its own gift card within a closed system as more and more people are finding that what they need is the commodities of life and far less the um accoutrements of government success. The middleman's getting cut out, folks. As more and more people are realizing that they don't need money, they need the things money can provide. There seems to be a very uh, consistent blue-collar revival amongst those people who simply realize they have skills to pay their own bills. And if they could just get a coin of their own realm, well, they could literally print money with their own drops of sweat. See, I'm from the great late nation of Texas, in case you didn't know. And Right about now, I've been in the Midwest for over 10 years, and I gotta say, it's a bit strange out here. I don't understand folks in the Midwest. They seem to have a real problem with the concept of creating wealth from scratch. The idea that it's your own effort that is the thing that drives the engine. I don't know if it's the whole Rust Belt factory tradition or, or whatever, but too many people here simply undercut the fact that the reason you get paid to perform tasks on someone else's land is because the tasks you perform are profitable. Effort demands reward. And if you're going to listen to me ramble on, you need to have some kind of idea other than old time radio. What is it that's the reason you should listen to? And the reason you should listen to me is one way or the other, from one angle or the other. I'm going to talk about some things that you're just not used to hearing or things that you are used to hearing. I'm going to talk about them from a different perspective. Today, our centerpiece is X-1, the best of all the sci-fi shows. Uh, we'll get to that in time. But first, we're going to start off with a little mystery, five minutes, and uh, following that, of course, with Mr. Ripley's and whether or not you could believe it. At some point when I get the editing down, I'll cut the organ time because they do play that organ quite a bit, but I'll get there in time. The point is, right here, right before we go into the show, this is the place where your spot should be. I should be getting crazy wacky talking about your product or service that you offer to our community. But I can't because you don't want to advertise because I don't have a big enough name yet. I get it. I get it. Since I'm not as big as a Super Bowl, you don't want to advertise with me. But you can't afford Super Bowl money either. I tell you what. One of the many, many hustles that I've done in my time, and I'm trying to get started now because I see just too many people here got potential they just don't understand the rest of the story. I offer a flyer service, you know, door to door, windshields on cars, businesses. We do placards, we do this, we do that. problem is, you guessed it, Everybody's scared to let that money go because they're worried about, well, I'm going to spend it, but will I get it back? That's always the nature of being in business. It takes money to, to make money, but you got to spend money where you can win money. And what I say to all of you who've been spending money, have you truly been winning money? That's a mystery that will probably take longer than five minutes to tell. And whether Mr. Ripley believes it or not, I believe that the Brain Pimp can make you more money.
1: secret selves till midnight, when you shall unmask and reveal your true selves. But for three hours, the mystery of the unknown is yours. I see all manner of people tonight. There is Misto, the magician, a gypsy, a peasant, a statesman, a clown such as myself. And there, there is Cinderella, who at midnight will find that dreams must end. But till midnight... Give yourselves to the music, the wine and the dancing. (laughs) And there you
2: have it. The magic of a sorcerer who jumped from apprentice to master in ten easy lessons. Oh,
1: show us another, Misto. Oh. oh,
2: I do not have the time. It's nearly midnight.
1: Can magicians stop time?
2: Not in the society I belong to. <laughs>
1: well, just one more, Misto. We've hardly seen you all night.
2: I've been walking the air, searching for my inspiration. Misto, oh, come here quickly. <laughs> Forgive me, good people. The master of the rebels calls.
1: What is it? I was just walking in the garden, getting some air, and guess what I found? How should I know? I'm only a magician. The girl disguised as Cinderella. She's dead. What? What'll we do? Look, it's almost midnight. Lock
2: the body in a room until I get everyone to unmask. Don't let anyone suspect anything. Then we'll call the police.
1: Okay, I'll be right back.
2: It is almost midnight. Prepare to unmask. Wonderful. And as you reveal your real selves to one another, the royal prince will become a beggar, the peasant a wealthy man, the gypsy a statesman, the clown a respected philosopher, and Cinderella, poor Cinderella, her horse drawn coach to become a pumpkin, the birthmark of poverty to show beneath her tired eyes. Midnight! Unmask! I, Misto the magician, stand revealed! Yes, revealed as a murderer! Oh How does the clown know that Mr. the Magician is the murderer of the woman masquerading as Cinderella? In just a moment, we'll know, but first...
1: Ben, to let the proof of your guilt slip out? You'd have a good case if you could prove it. Why did you say birthmark of her poverty beneath her tired eyes? Why such a rich metaphor for Cinderella and a meager one for the others? She interested me. To the extent that you knew there was a birthmark beneath her right eye. You didn't know who she was. No one did. She remained masked all evening, yet you knew what lay beneath that mask. Don't tell me that was coincidence. You saw her unmasked. Yes. Yes, I... I didn't mean to. It it all happened so suddenly. You should have perfected a disappearing act, friend. It would have stood you in good stead right now.
3: Truth is stranger than fiction. And this is the proof. This is Ripley's. Believe
4: it or not. The tombstone of Margaret Johnston and her six children in Trenet, Scotland, was erected over an empty grave. The family vanished in the 17th century without a trace. Believe it or not. In a moment, I'll tell you about the man who paid for his own assassination. When a man lends another man money, he certainly does not intend that it should be used to pay for his own assassination. But such was the case with William the Silent, father of Dutch independence, who advanced 12 crowns to a man by the name of Balthazar Gerard. Gerard had requested an audience with William, and the money was given to him to pay for his transportation. But the money was used by Gerard to buy a gun with which he shot William dead. Believe it or not.
0: And welcome back. All right. Well, you know, see how that went. You know, maybe you figured out the mystery. Maybe you knew what Mr. Ripley was talking about. But, you know, hey, that was then. Next up, we're going to take you to X minus one. And it's a sort of a bureaucratic nightmare about what people think they should do or what they shouldn't do or however it is. But one way or the other, you're going to bow down. That's right. That's right. See, that's a thing that we all get to somewhere later You know, we accept that Bob Dylan was right. You might serve the devil, you might serve the Lord, but you're going to to serve somebody. You see, sooner or later, you come to the realization that you only make money by servicing the needs or wants of other people. Even the king is fed by the fruit of the field. How about you? There are people that you spend money with. Have you ever considered that? Years ago, in my travel, I encountered an interaction between two men who weren't particularly friendly, and uh, they weren't enemies or anything. But but they didn't have any you know, dealings particularly, and one of them was trying to tap the other one's pocket. And, and when uh, old buddy realized what the game was, he goes, "Oh no!" And he said something to to this day I've I've tried to live by as best as I can. He said, "We ain't friends. You don't spend no money with me." do your begging where you spend your money. Did, did you hear me there, folks? The man said, do your begging where you spend your money. See, see, what about you? You're you're big baller, shy caller. You spend plenty of money. Do you spend money with people you could beg from I'm not trying to say you you trying to do bad you plan on doing bad but right here not since the days of the stock market crash we have the entire world under the thumb of reduced options and not everybody's options are paying as well as they were fronting and faking can I get a witness for folks who waiting on Somebody that they don't know to do things that they show need done. See, it's real simple. This is your time if you choose to embrace it. But you got outgo. What about your influx? You spend money with a whole lot of pockets. How many of those pockets? Can you tap in return? See, the whole thing about keeping money in a community is tribalism, folks. And this thing here, I'm trying to build just another form of tribalism. And as all of those of us who've studied it entail, we understand that all tribalism is of one. Who do you eat with? I'm trying to eat with you. I wish you'd try to eat with me. Nonetheless... You don't need an eating permit. Not yet. See, what I want you to understand is my fundamental concept is you know that the fewer people between you and your next meal, the better off you are. Everybody who controls anything in any system understands the more often they can interfere with interject themselves between somebody and their next payday? Well, what did Nixon say? If there's no money for the middleman to make, then there's no money to be made. Everybody wants to be a middleman. Everybody wants to charge you permission to make money. But not me. I am here to let you make it. I'm going to let you make it. I'm going to let you make as much money off of my conversation as you think you can produce. But here I am giving you the platform, bringing you the content, giving you the something else. The rest of the story we're going to figure out overnight. But until you start to advertise with some folks who want to help you eat, you're going to be like a whole lot of folks,
5: asking and not receiving. In just a moment, X minus one. But first, how does one man get himself into so many impossible situations? Well, this is a question you'll probably ask yourself tomorrow night when you follow another hilarious misadventure of Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Yes, Gildy's eye for the ladies and his impulsive temperament manage to entangle him in a web of riotous circumstances. Be sure to join the Romantic Water Commissioner, his neighbors Judge Hooker, Mr. Peavy, and all the loyal Gildersleeve household as they romp through another episode of The Great Gildersleeve tomorrow night. And now stay tuned for X-Minus-One on NBC.
6: X-1 salutes our Philadelphia station. Its new call letters, WRCV.
5: Countdown for blastoff. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire.
3: Tonight's story, Skulking Permit, by Robert Checkley.
6: August 16th, year 2204, to Central Colonial Administrative Authority, Alpha Centauri Sector, from Colonial Contact Inspector 37, Subject, Planet, New Delaware. Following the procedure outlined in manual for contact with lost colonies, open communication by Interstellar Radio with New Delaware. This is the first contact established in 200 years. And proceeding on overdrive for personal investigation, situation on New Delaware appears unconventional, to say the least.
7: Hi. Hi there. Hi, Billy. Hi, Tom. Got no time for talking this morning. Got to get this sign
8: up. It's a real pretty sign. No aliens allowed within city limits. What's
7: an alien? Beats me. The mayor told me to put it up. He says to me, Billy Painter, you're chief of police, so I want you to paint me a big sign and set it right in front of the town hall. Aliens aliens. Oh, it's a real pretty word. Billy, Billy Painter, I thought I told Take you... Take it easy, Mayor. I put the sign up. It's not that, it's the church. I painted it just like you told me. I know, I know, but you painted it wrong. I painted that church with a nice bright red. What's wrong with that? I looked it up. It's a little red schoolhouse, not church house. Churches are supposed to be white. Can't keep track of them all. Schoolhouse, church house, jail, post office... Got along fine enough in you, Delaware, for 200 years without them. I know, I know, but we need them now, and we haven't got much time. Where are the carpenter boys?
8: I saw Sam and Marv over at Ed Beer's Tavern.
7: Well, Billy, you go down there and tell them that they've got to build us a little schoolhouse. And, and you paint it red. It's very important. The uh, Mayor, when do I get a police chief badge? I read that a police chief always gets a badge. Make yourself one. Now go on. All right, then. Oh, it sure is hot here. I don't know why the inspector couldn't have come in winter. Oh Tom, Tom Fisher.
8: Yeah.
7: Uh, Tom, I've got a job for you—a very important job. Well, now look, Mayor, I'm on vacation.
8: Fish won't be back in these waters. No till
7: vacation, not now. He's due any day. Uh, Tom, how would you like to be a criminal? I don't know.
8: What's a criminal?
7: Well, come over to my house and I'll explain. I've got to appoint a criminal, and it looks to me like you're it. <laughs> You don't mind sitting right next to the interstellar radio, do you? I'm waiting for a call. Thought that thing was broken. No, no, it, it wasn't broken. My father told me always to leave the monitor on recording in case. Just didn't seem to be anybody calling, not for 200 years. Not since that war back on Earth. Oh, oh it's time now. You just listen to them. They said that they would call just at this time.
6: New Delaware. New Delaware, do you hear me? New Delaware, come in immediately. Yes,
7: yes, yes, we hear, we hear you. He's very touching.
6: This is Colonial Inspector 37. As I told you in my broadcast yesterday, there's been no contact with the outer colonies for some centuries due to unsettled uh, conditions here. But that's over except for a little mopping up. Now, you of New Delaware are still a colony of Earth and subject to her laws. Do you acknowledge that status? Oh, yes.
7: We we called a town meeting last night and talked it all over. We're still loyal to Earth.
6: Excellent. That saves us... trouble of sending an expeditionary force to reconquer you however as colonial contact inspector i will be obliged to make a personal investigation to make sure that you conform fully to the customs institutions and traditions of imperial earth
8: imperial that's funny all the books talk about earth as a united democracy
7: a lot can change in 200 years and of course there's been a war
6: do you hear me new delaware oh yes
7: yes sir we hear you
6: realize, of course, there is room for only one intelligent species in the universe. Man. All others must be suppressed, wiped out. We can tolerate no aliens. I'm sure you understand, General. I'm
7: not a general. I'm a mayor. You're in
6: charge, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes. And I... you're a general. I'll be sure you're running an earth colony, General, with no radical departures from the norm, such as free will, free speech, free elections, or anything else on the proscribed list. It is impossible to administer an empire where everyone does as he pleases. Get your colony in order, General. I will call to inspect you in exactly one week. That is all.
7: Well, you see how it is, Tom. Now, uh, Tom, about your job, I'm appointing you town criminal. I don't see why there has to be a criminal. That's a very important part of Earth's society. All the books say so, Tom. The criminal is as important as the postman or or the police chief. He works against society. If you don't have people working against society, how can you have people working for it? How can there be any more important job? I don't want to do it. Now, be reasonable, Tom. Put yourself in my position. This inspector comes and he meets Billy Painter, our police chief. He asks to see the jail. Then he says, no prisoners? How can I hold my head up and tell him that we don't have any crime? No crime, he'll say. But Earth colonies always have crime. Don't you see that, Tom? Uh, Right there, the whole thing falls through. He'll see that we're not truly Earth-like. We're, we're faking it. We're aliens. And you heard what he said about being rough on aliens.
8: Well, yeah, but
7: why me? Can't spare anyone else. And you've got narrow eyes. Criminals always have narrow eyes. Well, they aren't that narrow. Tom, please, we're all doing our part. You, you want to help now, don't you? Oh, I suppose so. Fine! You're our criminal. Here, I've, I've got this paper all made out for you just to make it legal skulking permit. know uh, all men by these presents, that uh, Tom Fisher is a duly authorized thief and murderer. He is hereby required to skulk in dismal alleys, haunt places of low repute, and to break the law. Yeah, what's the law? I'll let you know as fast as I make them up. All earth colonies have laws.
8: Oh, well, what do I do? You
7: steal and kill. Look, I'll, I'll give you a couple of books on it. Steal as much as you like. Uh, one murder should be enough. Don't overdo it. It don't sound sensible somehow. Well, I... you can work up to it, Tom. Why don't you start off easy, like by haunting a place of low repute?
6: <laughs>
8: Hello, Tom. I hear you're our official criminal now. That's right. Uh, I have a beer. How's it going? Well, I've been studying. I can't put my finger on it yet. Hey, did you get the weapons Mary Carpenter sent over? Yeah, a hatchet, a spear, two knives, and a blackjack. Uh-huh. I stuck myself with a spear, Ed. The whole thing ain't sensible to me. I can't figure out what's the purpose of crime. What do people get out of it? Here's the beer. I tried a new route this time. Tell me how you like it. Hmm. Very dry. Less filling. How come you ain't out thieving now, Tom? Oh, I'm planning. My permit says I have to haunt places of low repute, and that's why I'm here. Well, this ain't no place of low repute. You serve the worst meals in town. I know. My wife can't cook. But there's a real friendly atmosphere here. Uh, The folks like it, Tom. It's all changed, Dad. I'm making this tavern my headquarters. It's now a criminal lair. Mm, Try to keep a nice place and a lot of thanks she gives.
5: Hi, Tom. You steal anything yet?
8: Well, not yet, Mary, no.
0: I'll have a paracula, Ed. Don't worry, Tom. You'll catch on. If anyone in this village can learn,
8: you can. Sure. We got confidence in you, Tom.
0: Why don't you steal something right now, Tom? Go ahead. Well,
8: I suppose I could.
0: I brought some geepers in my basket. They're real ripe. You could steal those.
8: Well, they are nice-looking geefers, Mary. Real tasty. Go ahead, Tom. Steal it. Well, I... <clears throat> These are nice-looking geefers. Mind if I take one
7: out of the light and look at it? <laughs> no, Tom. you go right ahead. Now, just a minute there. Hi, Billy, what do you have? I'm on official police business. What were you doing with that geefer, Tom? Just looking at it. I don't think you were just looking at it, Tom. I think you were planning on stealing it. You're a suspicious character. I think I'd better lock you up for further questioning. No, 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 Billy, what are you doing? I'm doing my duty, Mayor. Tom here is looking mighty suspicious. The book says... I know what the book says. I gave you the book. You can't go arresting Tom, not yet. But there's no other criminal in the village. Oh, Billy, don't you understand? This village needs a criminal record. Acting suspiciously isn't a crime. All right, but I was just trying to do my job. I'll still get you, Tom. Remember, crime does not pay. Hey, that's a real slick way of putting it, isn't it? I thought it was kind of catchy. I read it in the book. Well, Tom, go ahead now. Steal something. Well, I'm not in the mood anymore. You better get to it soon, and don't forget the murder. Is it really necessary? Oh, I wish it weren't, but this colony has been here for over 200 years, and we haven't had a single murder. Not one. Well, I suppose we should have one. No, I'll take care of it. Good boy, Tom. We're counting on you. Billy! I want you to paint up a couple hundred signs saying private property, no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted, and a dozen saying speed limit 35 miles an hour. Why? All we got is those quag horses, and they won't go faster than the walk. Never mind. You got to have a speed limit. It's civilized. <laughs> well, that's the last of the signs, Billy. You might as well get some sleep. Aren't you going home, Mayor? No, I've got to get out to Fred Farmers. I appointed him postmaster since nobody ever sends letters around here. I promised to help him write all those letters. Well, good night, Mayor. I guess I better be making my rounds. Yeah, good, good night, Billy. Who's that? Tom? Tom Fisher? You out thieving? Who's there? Don't move or I'll shoot. Hey, Tom, come back
8: going on out there? What's all the
7: racket? It's the town criminal, Ed. I think I heard him robbing your house. Yeah? He's made his getaway now, but don't you worry. I'll get him yet.
6: Oh, all right, but get him in the morning, will you? Some of us are trying to sleep. <laughs>
8: Morning, Marv, how's the schoolhouse coming? Fair. Would have come along better if I had my saw. Your saw? Yeah. I left it leaning against my door last night. Wasn't there this morning, Tom. Oh, yeah, your saw. Well, you know how it is, Marv. I had to practice some skulking last night. Yeah, sure. Say, do you suppose I could use the saw for a while, just for an hour or two? Well, I don't know. It's legally stolen, you know. Well, I'd give it back. I wouldn't keep anything that was legally stolen. Well, it's in the house with the rest
7: of the loot. Okay, I'll go borrow it then. Tom, I've been looking for you. Morning, Mayor. Did you steal my bronze plaque? I certainly did. Oh, well, I was just wondering. You did it just in time. You see up there? What? Up what? there, the black dot near the rim of the sun. Oh, what is it? Well, I'll bet it's the inspector's ship. You, you got your murder planned? Time is running short, Tom. The inspector may land any hour now. That darn radio has been yapping at me something about a revolt, at dang four, and all Earth colonies are to prepare for uh, conscription, whatever that is. So let's get that killing over with. I don't know, though. Murder... Now, look, Tom. Criminals on Earth commit dozens of murders a day and think nothing of it. All this village wants of you is one little killing? Is that too much to ask? Now, who will it be, Tom? Well, uh, I guess I'll kill George Waterman. Why? Why?
8: Why not? What's your motive? I thought you just wanted a murder. Who said anything about a motive? We can't
7: have a fake murder. On Earth, every murderer has a motive. Well, I don't like the way George walks, never did, and he's noisy No, sometimes. no, no. That might be good enough for a crime of passion, but you're a legal criminal. Tom, you're ruthless, cold-blooded, and cunning. You can't kill someone just because you don't like the way he walks. That's silly. i better think the whole thing over. Well, don't take too long. Oh, and Tom, don't forget to leave clues. They're very important.
4: Have another beer,
8: Tom. I don't mind if I do. Hey, how do you like the way I fixed the tavern over? I hung up dirty curtains, you know. That makes it a dismal retreat. Because I figured if this was going to be your headquarters, it ought to be a real criminal's lair. How do you like the bloodstains on the floor? That's only Billy Painter's root berry red paint. Oh, I know, but it looks like bloodstains. Hey, how's the murder coming? Oh, well, not so good. No, I've been thinking about it, Ed. you realize I'm supposed to kill somebody? I'm supposed to make somebody cease to exist. I mean, like, take Marv Carpenter. Here he is today working on a schoolhouse, big fella. Now, if I kill him, well, he wouldn't work anymore. I've been trying to imagine it. Marv Carpenter lying on the ground with his eyes glaring open and his mouth twisted and never going to hold a piece of wood in his hands again or never going to sing a song or have a beer or anything. What well, just made me kind of sick? I mean, I could go on with the thieving, but murder. Yeah, yeah, I know, but Tom, it's your job. It's for the good of the village. Murder. I better have another beer. Hey, what's that? That must be the inspector ship landing. Come on, let's go see.
6: Perimeter guard, advance. Set up portable generators and rocket launchers. All personnel restricted to immediate area of the ship. Sidearms to be worn at all times. And guards at battle stations. <clears throat> Welcome to New Delaware. <clears throat> Thank you, General. I'm the inspector. This is Mr. Grant, my political advisor. Is this the capital of the colony? Well, I'm afraid there's only this village on the whole of New Delaware. Only one? Now, Grant, I told you when we surveyed the planet we were wasting our time. Patience, patience. There's always an advantage in every situation.
7: If you gentlemen are ready. Ready?
6: Uh, you're going to
5: inspect our village, aren't you? Yeah. Inspect?
6: I can see it all. Of right...
5: course, General, we're ready. Let's inspect your village. <music>
7: You see, we've got it all. Jail, post office, church, little red schoolhouse. Oh,
6: we're very normal. Very earthy. Vince, I have my efficiency rating to think of. This place is worthless. No smelting, no heavy industry, no atomics, no taxation, no, no... They don't have anything. Oh, I
5: wouldn't say that,
6: Inspector. If you'll excuse us, General. Of course. of course. I'll be downgraded at the next colonial board. Why, why this place is a, a utopia. It's subversive. We ought to blow it right out of the sky. Oh, now, now, don't be despondent, Inspector. But this whole trip is a total waste of
5: time. Not entirely. New Delaware has a very important commodity for us.
6: What? You saw them? Hulking peasants? Nothing but farmers.
5: Yes, strong, healthy farmers. Good cannon, Father. But, but. Oh. Oh, let me take over. General. Yes, sir. How many able young men are there in the village between the ages of 15 and 60? Why? You see, General, Imperial Earth is engaged in a war. The colonies in Deng Four are revolting against the authority of Mother Earth. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
6: Uh, we need good, healthy fighting men.
5: <clears throat> uh, our reserves are. Are depleted. We wish to give all loyal colonists a chance to fight for Mother Earth. We're sure you won't refuse. Hmm. Most colonies welcome a little conscription. Cleanses Mm -hmm. the blood, reduces crime. Crime?
7: Oh, I thought that would come up.
6: We've taken care of that. I appointed. Now you see, Grant, 60, 70, perhaps 100 recruits. Not such a waste of time coming here at all. Perhaps not. Sergeant, detail a squad of 50 men armed with portable heat generators to post a guard in the village. All right, Mr. Mayor. Suppose we go talk this problem over.
8: Tom? Tom, you out there? Yeah. I've been skulking out here all day. I'm hungry. Well, I brought you supper. The mayor sent you a message, Tom. He said to hurry up at the murder. He's been stalling the inspector and that nasty little Grint man, but they're going to ask him. They're sure to. All right, all right. And I'll get around to it tonight
7: hey hey wait a minute oh hello Tom what are you doing
8: well, you said there had to be a murder so I now gonna...
7: wait I didn't mean me it can't be me well, why not well for one thing somebody has to talk to the inspector he's waiting for me someone has to Billy show him Pater how to... can do that You think a knife would be more fatal in the heart or in the throat? Nothing personal, of course. Wait! If there's nothing personal, then
8: you have no motive. Oh. Well, I guess I could think of one. I've been pretty sore about you appointing me town
7: criminal. It was the mayor who appointed you, wasn't it? For well, sure. Then look, I'm not a mayor anymore. I, I'm a general. Look, it's stars, gold braid. Well, what's that got to do with it? Well, you uh, missed the ceremony this afternoon, Tom. Inspector said I had to wear a general's uniform. It was a very friendly ceremony. All the earthmen were grinning. They were winking at me and at each other.
8: Oh, congratulations. But you were the mayor when you appointed me criminal, so my motive still holds. Yes, but killing a
7: general isn't murder. It's mutiny. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. That's all right. It's just that I've read up on it, and you haven't. Well, I'd better get back. The inspector wants a lot of the men that he can draft. Are you sure this murder is necessary? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Just not me.
8: No luck, huh, Tom? Oh, I just can't do it. Ed... I can't kill anybody in the village. I grew up with them. I've worked with them. I've drunk root beer with them. I don't have any motive for killing any of them. I know, but you do have to commit a murder, Tom. You don't want to let the village down. But I can't kill the people I've known all my life.
5: No, I suppose not.
8: Wait. Wait a minute. I got Hmm? an idea. Ed, suppose I kill the inspector. Well, what's your motive? Oh, it would be a very terrible crime. I'd be killing for glory, for fame, for notoriety, and it'll show Earth how... Uh, earthy. New Delaware really is. Why, they'll say crime is so bad here that a criminal actually killed their inspector on the very first day. Tom, that's just the sort of thing a master criminal would do. Oh, you think it's a good idea, huh? I think it's great, Tom. But how are you going to do it? Well, one of those soldiers got drunk in a bottle of your Keebler juice and dropped his gun. I picked it up. Oh, is that a gun? Yeah, you push this button here. Hey, oh, look out! Oh, sorry, Ed. I... Oh. Now I'll have to get the carpenter boys to fix that hole in the roof. Oh, Well, I'll be careful. Did you kill the soldier? Of course not. No point in killing the wrong man. Well, I better get going. I'll wait for him on the path between the mayor's house and the ship. Good luck, Tom. Thanks.
6: One, two, three, four. Keep it lie there. Now. What a sloppy crew. All left feet. Well,
5: it's a nice night's work. With those landing parties dying like flies, we can use every new man we can get. Don't say that. What, are you afraid the mayor will hear me? Don't be ridiculous. It's a completely passive population. Sheep-like, obedient.
6: Look at them. No two would ever step. What do you expect from
5: backward agrarians? Wait till those sergeants get hold of them at the base. They'll whip them into first-class fighting men in no time. Halt! Stand and deliver! What
6: that? Why, it's
8: Tom. Hands up, Inspector. I got you covered. Now, the rest of you, drop your guns and move out of the way. What?
6: Now, see here. Now, go on
8: now. Drop those guns. Now, what's the meaning of this? And who are you? Tom Fisher. I'm the town criminal. I'm going to kill inspector. Now, please move out of the way. Criminal?
6: So that's what the mayor was prattling about. Now, I
8: know we haven't had any murders in 200 years, but I'm changing that now. Now, move out of the way.
5: Well, I suppose I'd better get out of the line of fire. No, well,
8: no, wait a minute. Wait. Now, don't move. I know just how to do it. I've been thinking about it. Now, I'll push this button, and you'll die. You'll fall down on the path, and your eyes will open, and your mouth twisted, and no air going in and out of your lungs, and no beat to your heart, and I, I'll, I'll... I can't do it. Here, here's your gun. Take it. I don't want it.
5: Quick. Quick, after him! Sergeant, take a squad and search the forest. Take it easy, Inspector. This whole planet is forest. Ten thousand men couldn't find him if he doesn't want to be But well, I'll have
6: him hanged on the spot. Oh, I'm terribly I'll... sorry. Sergeant, have the entire ship's it's company terrible. turned out. General, I want all your people out looking for him. Shoot outside. Kill him instantly. Oh, we couldn't do that. Although we appreciate the
7: compliment. What? What?
5: That man... is a
7: criminal. That's what I'm trying to explain. I appointed him. We We had to have one. You what? You mean... You had no criminals? I, well, I'm afraid not. Oh, I am terribly ashamed. You see, we knew how uncivilized we were, and that's why we did it. I- I'm dreadfully embarrassed that Tom couldn't handle the job.
5: Well, why did you give the assignment to that particular man?
7: Well, I figured if anyone could kill, Tom could. He's a fisherman, you know. Pretty
5: gory work. Oh. And he wasn't able to kill the inspector.
7: Well, we just haven't had to kill anything for 200 years, except fish. The only animals on New Delaware are small grass eaters, and they're not good to eat, so we never kill any of them.
5: Then the rest of you would be equally unable to kill? We wouldn't even get as far as Tom
6: did. I want that man found! Forget
5: about it, Inspector. What, what? We'd better get away from here. You want men in our army who can't kill? Ooh. Think of it. The morale problem. Ooh. The possibility of infection.
8: One man in a key position endangering a key ship, or maybe a whole fleet because he can't kill.
5: It isn't worth the risk, Inspector.
3: Yes, sir. Uh,
5: uh, I see what you mean. Order your troops back to the ship. We'll take off at once.
7: Tom! Tom, you can come out now. Tom, they're gone. He's hiding around here somewhere, Mayor. Yeah. Tom! Tom! Here I am. I'm sorry. I bungled it. Well, don't feel bad about it. It was an impossible job. I'm afraid it was. I thought that just possibly you could swing it, but you can't be blamed, Tom. There's not another man in the village who could have done the job even as well. Mm Hmm. What are we going to do with all those buildings, Mayor? The jail, the post office, the little red schoolhouse, the church? Well, I think we'll build a playground for the kids with swings and slides and sandboxes for them. Another playground? Surely, why not? Well, I guess I won't be needing my skulking permit anymore. No, no, I guess not. Oh, well, we did our best. I had the chance, then I let you all down. It's not your fault, Tom. Look how long it took Earth to get civilized. Thousands of years. And we were trying to do it in two weeks. Well, we'll just have to go back to being uncivilized. Yeah, Yep. Well, we better get back to the village. Looks like rain. Well, soon I'll start fishing again. Uh, Say.
8: What is it, Tom? Well, it's too late now, but it's too bad I didn't think of it before. I might have been able to go through with it. Think of what, Tom? I think I could have done it if I'd only had the sense to think of the inspector as a fish. Well, it's too late now. Guess he's just a big one that got away.
3: You've just heard X-1, presented by the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, which this month features an unusual story by James E. Gunn, Silana. a story of what happened when crime suddenly invaded a crimeless society and where the only way to catch a thief was to manufacture a thief. Galaxy Magazine, on your newsstand today. Tonight by Transcription, X-1 has brought you Skulking Permit, a story from the pages of Galaxy, written by Robert Sheckley and adapted for radio by Ernest Connoy. Featured in the cast were Dick Hamilton, Wendell Holmes, Joe DeSantis, Joseph Boland, Alan Hewitt, Bill Quinn, Mandel Kramer, and Ruby Dee. Your announcer, Jack Costello. X-Minus One was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production.
5: Let's visit Fibber McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network.
0: And that was X 1 Skulking Permit. Yeah, it's amazing the kind of things that uh, the bureaucracy will just decide people need to get paperwork for. You know what I'm saying? Once upon a time, a Ph.D. meant something, and now it means that people just couldn't find a job for years. (laughs) You know, let's just be 100 with ourselves. That uh, the system doesn't reward the credentialed people who also aren't the connected people because the credentials that matter now are the same that have always mattered, folks. It's not what you know. It's not even who you know. It's who knows you. More often than not, what I've seen in my uh, attempts to try to convince people to go with this, that and the other and not getting what I wanted was that it was about the allegiances that they had and how a new move would affect what they were doing far more than whether or not this move all by itself was going to benefit. It's a matter of if they've got to spend two hours on Tuesday way out of their comfort zone, all the way from their circle of friends, all the way from the people who support them in every other way to go out here and make this money. Maybe the simple fact that they're just too conditioned to being around the same people. If they can't bring one of their buddies in, they'll turn down the money. You see what I'm saying? It's a very interesting thing that I realized. More often than not, when money is involved, it still doesn't trump the ultimate decision making. As they say, it takes 75 grand a year. When you get to 75 a grand a year, that's when people tend to be different. 75 is the limit. After 75, it's it. It's it. 100, 200. The. The feeling of having done something isn't the same because now you're used to dropping 300 bucks for lunch. I mean, hey, it's not tax time. You didn't go to Vegas. It's just a Tuesday. And you want to go to the place where it costs $300 for lunch. You have become a different person. You now operate at a more expensive level. And the simple truth is what a bunch of people are afraid of, and it's not illogical, is... Too many people are accepting a lower level. And if you're not careful, somebody's going to realize the way for them to get paid is to somehow, some way, start requiring you to get permission to make money. All you got to do is look at California. Because agriculture is so important there, there are people who get arrested and do time for growing their own vegetables on their own property, not for public consumption. These aren't people going, trying to sell to the supermarkets. They're not trying to even go to the farmer's market. But because agriculture is so important and they have so many people in the departments of ag- folks in the real world right now, Right this day, there are more people in the federal, state, and local departments of agriculture than there are people actually growing food. And so to make sure that all these people have cash flow going, they just get to get crazy about protecting their hustle. So you trying to grow your tomatoes in certain areas of California can get you arrested without a permit. That's real talk. And more and more people are going to California and more and more are leaving. What about you? Is your hustle working well for you? Do you need a permit to make money? Well, hey, I'm giving you permission right now. Here's my platform. Me just chitting and chatting because right about now I don't have anything particular. And right about now I'd start mentioning your product, your service. I'd go ahead and talk about how your website is easy to access right there at whatnot whatnot. W dot show enough get paid. And we go ahead and chop it up. Hey, how about you out there who you just want to do a conference call with the brain pimp and get on my radio show because you want to get in before I get hot? Maybe you're somebody who knows me from my other adventures and you are like, hey, I can't believe you're finally starting. Yeah, I'm finally starting. Eventually we realize that we are the people we've been waiting for. And if you've been waiting for some more five minute mysteries and some more Ripley Believe It or Not to end it on out, well, guess what, folks? We got that too.
2: Another five minute mystery.
9: Shouldn't be walking against the light with traffic so heavy. Sorry, officer, I didn't see it. <coughs> What's the Holy smoke! What was that? Oh,
2: officer, a woman falling out of that window! What happens? She'll
9: be killed! Okay, okay, back up here and let me through. Hey, Clancy! Better call an ambulance. I'm going up to that hotel window to do a little investigating. You say your wife Rita jumped from this window, Graham? That's right, officer.
2: Miss Carlton here and I tried to stop her, but we weren't able. Richard and I were old friends, officer. My wife had been in ill health for some time. She had a nervous breakdown, and it seemed to make her afraid of everything. She feared elevators, high buildings, everything. I invited Miss Carlton for dinner this evening. Thought that perhaps she could cheer Rita up a little and help bring her back to normalcy. But she changed so much. How's that? Well, instead of being cheered, she imagined that I was coming between her and Mr. Graham. Even accused me of it directly. Then, tonight, with a startling suddenness, she stood up angrily and pushed over the coffee table, saying she knew we thought her crazy. Then, she ran to that window, climbed up on the sill, and... and jumped.
9: Hmm. This window's pretty small. And these newly made scratches on the windowsill, they're hunks of wood torn out by your wife's fingernails. Here on the outer edge of the sill. Uh,
2: she she must have made a, a grasp for the sill after she jumped. Miss Carlton and I both finally attempted to grab her, but we got to the window just as she fell forward, head first off the ledge.
9: Head first, eh? That's right,
2: officer. She climbed up here on the sill. Then just as Miss Carlton and I made a grab
9: for her, she leaned forward and fell.
2: Oh, it was terrible. If only Graham and I'd gotten there a fraction of a second sooner. Maybe if I hadn't been here, this wouldn't have happened.
9: Very true, Miss Carlton, and perhaps neither would I have to perform my little duty.
2: You are duty, officer.
9: Meaning, Miss Carlton, I arrest you and Mr. Graham for the murder of Rita Graham.
2: In just a moment, we'll see whether you, too, detected the flaw in Graham's and Miss Carlton's stories. But first... Sorry.
9: Mr. Graham, you said your wife was afraid of everything, yet she didn't fear leaping from a 15th floor window. However, that isn't the biggest mistake you two made. Surely when you were struggling to push Miss Graham out of the window, you should have noticed where in her futile efforts to stop you, her fingernails had torn out pieces from the outer edge of the sill. No person having jumped headfirst out of a 15th floor window would have time or the ability to turn in midair and frantically grasp the sill. Your alibi missed the mark that time.
4: The house in the United States was Lime Air, built in Luray, Virginia by Colonel T.C. Northcott. It was kept cool in summer and warm in winter by air piped from the nearby Luray Caverns, believe it or not. In a moment, I'll tell you about a weaponless duel. One of the strangest duels where no weapons were used was between two sculptors. The Great Buddha, a statue in the Diamond Mountains of Korea, was carved 600 years ago by a sculptor named Kingdo. It's there because of an unusual duel in which Kingdo and a rival sculptor named Rao agreed that whichever created the poorer statue would forfeit his life. Kingdo won, and Rao drowned himself. Believe it or not. <laughs>
0: Well, we may have gone a little long here on the second one. I tried to make it an hour apiece. We were kind of short on the first one. I, I missed a few pieces on the editing, but we're working on it. But this was the old hour show of first hit for free because, well, here it is. This will be the one that I'll go ahead and push out the most. If people can get ahead that first one, that's fine. It was a pretty bad job. I, I figured out I a little better way to go at it this time. And so I just wanted you to know that I really appreciate the opportunity through technology and quarantine and uh, missed opportunities to realize, hey, there's a bunch of people out there who really need somebody who's just got a little something, something to say on a something, something, who just might help them to go ahead and sell to some people that don't know they exist yet. We're all out here trying to make a hustle. We're all out here trying to improve our situation. The simple fact of the matter is Most of the people I've ever dealt with at some point have a dishonorable streak that requires them to sabotage a good thing because fundamentally they're terrified of the good thing collapsing down the road. The fear of success is the fear of failure. That if I get to if I fall now, I can deal with that. I've fallen from this level before. But if I get too successful, I fly too high and I crash from that level, I may not recover. So they sell themselves short. They sell themselves cheap. And then they resent everybody, all the people, places and things that they never invested in for not investing in them. Don't miss the opportunity that the quarantine is presenting to us all. This is the time to get your tribe together. Who do you know who's actually helping you to put money in your pocket? Then help them put money in their pocket. Because if you can't go here and you can't go there, who's going to give you a permit to succeed at the level that you want to? If there's all these restrictions here and the price of this, that and the other keeps going up, where are you bringing in new wealth? Where are you bringing in new people? Where are you bringing in new things? That are gonna make up for it see this is the time where i'm supposed to say hey speaking of new things here's some goods here's some services here's a brand new advertiser i'm trying to get some sponsorships and the more of you who go ahead and give me a shot hey it's okay those of you who know where i come from and whatnot hey we'll sell some of that too but i'm not giving away anything for free because you know how i get down and y'all just don't pay enough let's just be honest this is america you got to get yours because nobody's giving away like they used to. I don't need to blame Washington. I don't need to blame anybody. I just need to do a little bit better every day. That's improvement, folks. I hope whatever you're doing, you improve in doing it. Just like I hope that I'm improving and doing my show. This is The Brain Pimp. This is the first hit for free. Hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it enough, Go ahead and contact me through you know who and spend that $20 with your boy. Let's get this thing started. You want to advertise on my show? Come on with the 20. I don't know what anchor charges. If I go through them, they may charge you more. They may charge you less. If they charge you less, then I got to take less because, hey, I'm using their platform, their set, their their software, their everything. That's just part of the, the cost of them being the boss. Someday I'll have my own studio and I can charge $20 million a second. Until then, we'll do it the way we got to do it. Until next time, this is the Brain Pimp, first hit for free, signing off.